Yes. Oh, good, good. I think I clicked the wrong mic link. Excellent. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can happen. <laughs> How are you? Th things happens, man. Um, I want to say before we start, uh, mm -hmm. How are you doing? How's everything? It's going really well. Feeling good. Things are moving along. Open the healing center and things are feeling good. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Do you have any plans for this weekend? Uh, I have two classes I'm teaching. Yeah, I'm very much into mind body. So I'm teaching an intuitive development and a Reiki class. I'm nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very busy this weekend. But I only work so three days during the week. So. Okay. I work part-time, yeah, and then part-time in my center. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. At least you're keeping yourself busy and you're doing the things that you love to do. That's what I'm saying. That's what it's all about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to say um, thank you for coming on to the podcast and accepting my invitation. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I did get to listen to all of your podcasts. Listen to one where just you sounded pretty good. But yeah. All right. So your first topic is how do you help people find their purpose? Ah, uh, okay. Are we on now? Or yes, we are. Oh, okay, no problem. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were like waiting. So yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. And helping people find their purpose to me is like my, you know, like my calling is to help people find their calling. And I feel like everyone has a purpose that it lies inside their heart and their heart center is where your spiritual path lies. I am a psychotherapist and I'm very spiritually oriented, meaning that I listen to the spirit. That's the lens where I look at people. I look at life. I look at situations that happen, like, you know, why are things happening and why are people going through difficulties or hard times or challenges? And a lot of times our tragedies are a triumph. So um, if somebody had a hard time with, you know, difficult parents, one was alcoholic, they may be like become an alcohol counselor or empowerment of people who have addictions. So I feel like um, finding your purpose is looking at your shadows and looking at the difficult issues that you haven't worked through or were painful or were very, you know, they make an impact on your life. Then you're like, okay, how can I, um, you know, what can I do with this? Instead of like getting real depressed, you can kind of I can become a teacher, you can become a healer, you can become a, a therapist, you can become a coach, empowerment person, a writer. So looking at the darkness is where you find the light because the people in the dark are always looking for the light. So to me, I help people find their purpose by listening to their inner wisdom. Sometimes I do numerology on them. Sometimes I say, well, what, you know, what have you feel most intrigued by or what do you feel called to do? If you are thinking about, um, if you're just sitting around and your mind starts floating to certain things, where does it go? And usually that's what people need to do. Another, uh, you know, is what they're supposed to be doing. Another thing is, um, is what people feel like if they had $600 million, what would they do? That's usually what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, I would travel the world. Oh, I would help the orphans. Or I would help the homeless people. Or I'd work with elderly. That's what you should be doing. So um, finding the purpose is really, if you had the money and the means, what would you be drawn to? What is your, you know, what do you feel called to? What do you feel is, you know, resonating? And what strikes a chord in you? Okay. Because the universe is a song. Verse is a song. So a chord is a universe ticking you, helping you 
go to that cord of energy and of um, purpose. That's clear in that. So in your opinion, why do you feel like it takes others longer to find their purpose? Well, it could be a lot of different things. Sometimes people have very earthbound, challenging lives, meaning like, let's just say you have a parent that wasn't around or, you know, you have survival, you know, if you grew up having a difficult time where you just have to make ends meet, your parents just made ends meet and your parents took jobs that were just, um, you know, for survival to pay the bills. Who has the luxury to quote unquote find their purpose? But I feel like if you're in jobs and other things that don't help you to grow or, you know, eventually like you're going to burn out. Now, sometimes not everyone has that soul path that they need to find their purpose. Cause again, they're in survival. They got to pay bills. They have kids, they have this and that to do. But um, if you just, if you find a job that's in your purpose, usually can do well in it, even if it's not paying a lot, because it's so much easier to do work when you are in love with it, when you feel uh, you could do it all day long and people don't even have to pay you to do it. You know, um, it's a Saturday night, you know, it's Friday night. It's like, well, you want to do a podcast? And people are like, oh my God, why would you do it? Because I love talking about this stuff. This is my passion. Passion like feeds the purpose, you know, and then you find your purpose, you become passionate about it. So um, a lot of times people, again, don't have the luxury They'll have the means, but even poorer people, even people that don't have the means can shift their consciousness to that of abundance, knowing that when they find the work, the money will find them too. do what you love. The money will follow, you know? So it's just, a, it's a mindset. It's a, it's a mindset that can be taught to people that can be um, inspired into people. And when I worked in mental health, I don't know how many people I worked with that were off their purpose uh, because of survival instincts. And then, you know, I, I keep asking the question, you had $6 million, what would you do? Oh, I would help at-risk kids. Oh, I would do foster care. Oh, I would help, you know, like this one guy wanted to build a, um, a home for boys. And it was interesting because he had come into my work stress class. He was like 6'2", African-American male. And he was, I don't know what kind of, some job where he was being harassed. He was working with cards. He's like, this is not for me. And he had said that about a year, maybe three years ago, he got a calling to build a place for at-risk youth and he never did it. And then the reason why I say he was six two was because he fell down these stairs one time at this job. And because his weight was so high, his head hit the wall and wow. on his, I know on his neck, he should have broke his neck with all that weight. Okay. And the, the height, he fell back onto his head, onto his neck and he did not. He said, they said that you were like one sliver away of being paralyzed. And he knew it was a message that to do is other work, but he never did it. So two years later, he was in a job where he felt he was working with cars or something. He was being like, you know, like a lot of racism and discriminated against and people weren't listening to him. And, you know, they had their own little, little posse and they weren't concluding him. And I said, did you ever get a message? This, this was the wrong, right path, wrong path. He said, absolutely i forgot i fell down the stairs i almost broke my neck and i said this job is not going to kill me and then i said well this is you're getting the second call and you got to do it and then after a while it was very interesting he had gotten a grant during the six weeks or seven weeks we we're in the class and he started to go into i don't know what happened to him but he he got the message and that was a wake-up call for him he's like yeah that's right i meant to do that about two years ago and I let lost it and he had so many he lost the calling 
had so many opportunities and ideas to work with young boys. Like, you know, he played basketball, he had like financial classes and, you know, how do them, you know, how do like, um, you know, finish school, how to do this, how to do that. How to, it was like a place where young guys could go that maybe didn't have a father figure or had gotten into trouble and, you know, and he was like perfect for it. I said, you know, ha- look at, it was during um, the whole George Floyd stuff time. And I said, hey, this is a perfect time. How many calls do you need? Right. Okay. <laughs> you could have had your neck broken. He said, you know, I totally forgot that. He goes, I received that. So I feel like you will get messages and they usually come in threes and they get louder and louder until we find it. And again, sometimes, and he didn't have the money to do that. He had his own family, but he got a grant, some kind of miracle because it was part of his soul's path, part of his purpose, part of his reason for being. So, yeah. I often say God sends us messages through human beings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you really put your ears open to the universe, it will speak to you. Like, just like what you said, I feel like that comes in threes. It can yep. come through music. Sometimes you hear a song, you're like, oh my God, that's the exact thing I need to hear. Sometimes it comes through numbers. You see number sequences all the time and they mean things because the universal language is numbers. Um, sometimes people will say things and you're like, and you get chills or he strikes a chord. Remember, the universe is an energetic frequency system you right. verse versus a song so that chord is that's the rhythm of your life you know and that's the message that you when you come in sync you harmonize your life all those words of music have to do with you know you kind of because you're an energy being flowing into your you know your right zone the the thing that you're supposed to do but yes he does we still get messages all the time threes 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 pay attention mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important to pay attention because these messages just come at random. It's never timed. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's sometimes they come when you least expect it. But you usually, if you're um, aware of it, it just kind of like, oh, I was just thinking that. Or, man, I should have, you know, man, I, I was heard of that before. Or that is interesting. Why does that sound familiar to me? It's like it resonates with us. Like a resonance again is sound and you know, the music resonance and it resonates with you, but yeah, it's usually just random. And if you pay attention, sometimes you can watch TV and get a message, you know. Right, I was working with this guy who was, I'm a therapist, and I, I worked in the Crenshaw district for a long time. And I had this guy who was a former crip, you know, but he had changed his life and he started to work in schools and he was really, you know, a wonderful man. But he was 55, he looked 80 because he had a hard life, okay. So what he did is he, he said, Carolyn, I want to, um, he's like trying to like, what's it called at the end of the life, you know, last rights, because I kind of want to make amends, even though he had a, a job at the County, but they harassed him out. But he said, I'd done a lot of horrible things when I was younger, but I feel like I, I still want to give back before I die. Cause he had like bad lungs. He said, I know I'm going to die soon. And we, he read from, he loved Joyce Meyer. He used to read from her and TJ, TJ Hicks, you know, T T Jakes, and he started like. (laughs) No, I know you're talking about. Right, I'm thinking like the Hicks. (laughs) He was like reading from the books and stuff, and you know we would talk about it, and it was like he would say the things he'd done and how he had he had really 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 changed, and you know and he couldn't breathe, and then when he went because of his history when he went to the hospital, 
the the doctor was really mean to him and I had worked over there. So I called and told him like, he would, you know, the doctor wouldn't touch him. And I'm like, what? So I got him a new doctor because, you know, as it is the last end of his life, you got to treat him with dignity, you know? And um, so then he finally got a new doctor and he felt so, you know, felt thankful and, you know, cause advocate, cause I knew he was, he was going to go too because of his, his heart wasn't good. He kept smoking. He kept smoking. That's the one thing I couldn't give up, Carolyn. So then um, he ended up, um, what happened to him? So then I didn't see him for, he come every week. I didn't see him. I was like, what happened? So I Googled, you know, Google, but I went to the chart and it said deceased. I was like, oh my God, he died. He died. And I, mm. and I hope we had done enough. And he, his family invited me to the funeral and I hope he had done enough because he was concerned that he would not go to the right place. That was just his belief. So when I was watching Law and Order and it's just interesting. He had a very like different name. It was kind of like, I'm like, I'll just make up a name. It was like Jake, Jake Johnson okay. or something. And then on TV, <laughs> it said right at the time, I was like, whatever happened to him? What, I wonder if he was okay. I wonder if he went to the right place. And the character came in and said, yeah, Jake John, he went to heaven. That's what we knew he would. We're praying for him. It was like such a weird name. And it was the same name on the show. And I got chills. I said, okay, that's my message. Yes, okay. it is. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, and I felt like I was there at the end of his life. I spoke at his funeral, and his family was like, "Oh, that's him." Yeah, that he, you know, you know, he he changed before he died. He changed. He changed a long time ago, but he just wanted to. He knew his time was limited. Good person, good soul. Yeah. Yes, God bless his soul, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. I think you know. Um, Kirk Franklin has a, a, a song, a sinner is just a saint who got up, you know, and I really admire people who had a hard life and, you know, he wasn't taken care of and all this other stuff. So he got into the life, but he changed at the end. He said, this is not for me. You know, let me, you know, make amends. And he started working with kids and became a cook. And, you know, they had always followed him, though. So some of the people he worked with in, in L.A. weren't nice to him. But he had a, a little pension, which was good. They kicked him out. They're trying to get their own people in there. But he's still, you know, he's still, um, he, he realized that, you know, he had done made a difference in those young kids' lives. You know, and I said, you know, that's, you, you made amends already. You don't have to ask for any more forgiveness. You've done it. So, yeah, finding your purpose is so important. It helps fuel, fuel your life. I often tell people it's never too late to change, no matter how old you are. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, too. Um, I feel like um, every soul has a journey and every soul is sacred. That's one thing we're not really taught. And I love I study a little bit of Egyptology and, you know, how they connected to the divine and God and nature and a lot of different Native Americans, a lot of different cultures. But that's beautiful because. We need to know that we are sacred beings of light that come down here and that we're all children of the divine and that, you know, the God talks to us through people. The universe talks to us all, all the time. The, you know, the world is resonating, is, is working to help us to find a higher calling. You know, that is part of our mission and not to be, we all have the divine blueprint on us and not ever to be ashamed of who you are, where you came from, because the greatest stories, the heart, the older souls will go to harder lives. And the greatest stories are people who've overcome whatever 
they, you know, they did their circumstances, you know, that's, that's really beautiful. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always believe you need to embrace yourself. Mm-hmm. 100% fully. Mm-hmm. So your next topic is how important is spirituality to helping people to heal? Spirit, 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 uh, spirit, spirituality. Um, I think it's, it's very, very important as a therapist, boy, man, we're trained to be so clinical and so one way. Um, but I feel like the spirit is the guiding force. The spirit brought us into these circumstances. The spirit is what can feel depressed or anxious or suicidal or uncomfortable. That energy inside of us that's not honored. What happens is that the energy can get depleted or um, uncomfortable or feel like it's uh, like if you're not doing your purpose, you have like your soul body and your physical body. What happens if your soul, through your soul body, your aura, if you're not doing your purpose, um, what happens to the energy that's flowing through you backs up, backs up, backs up because it's coming from the divine. You should be doing this, coming from the divine and we don't honor it. It backs up and then we get dis-ease, disease. We get um, energy stuck in our body. So I feel like it's really important to, and, and depression is that, depression is energy pressed down, depressed down into your body, you know, wounds, abuse, sadness, grief, trauma, pain, pressed it down, depressed. And then after a while, you can't honor, you can't hear your spirit because you're too busy trying to get through, you know, that part. But if you learn how to cultivate your spirit, and say, why did these things happen? Am I supposed to be a minister? Am I supposed to be a teacher? Am I supposed to do a podcast? Am I supposed to inspire people? Then what happens is you start removing those blocks and you start clearing your field. And there's many different ways. So as a therapist, I've incorporated spirituality into treatment. I incorporate it into, by meditating, by just becoming still and quiet and hearing your inner voice your inner uh, muse, your the still small voice of God, the divine, you know, um, voice that's in you. I, I do it by teaching them about smudging themselves, using sage to clear that field, um, by listening to smelling essential oils as far as spirituality, by listening to their spirit. To me, their spirit is your guiding force. And when I talked about in mental health, people would say, well, I said, what is your spirit? And they just look at me like, I don't know. I know what it is, but I can't describe it. Um, or I know it's inside, it's my, you know, my joy, what I'm pushed into. So I uh, created an acronym for spirit. I said, spirit is S. Anything that, this is like how your spirit functions. Anything that gives you signs and synchronicities, that's your spirit talking to you. Like you said about the voice, somebody talking to you through somebody else. So right. I said, yeah, so signs and synchronicity. So you see signs or you synchronize, you're just thinking about maybe I should become a teacher. And then someone says, oh, have you heard about being a teacher? Then um, at the school that has a discount on teaching programs, that's a message. So that's a sign. And then it synchronizes. You find it in the classes are the right time when you're off work that you can you know work it out. So the universe is pulling to you. So that's S in terms of spirit. P, whatever your purpose is, is what you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about like, um, like sewing, um, like for example, um, S, I mean, P, 
I had a client in one of my work stress groups. She really wanted to be a designer, but she worked for like the county. And she said, I really, really want to, you know, like be a stylist. And I love, you know, I love clothes. I said, where does your mind go? Um, I love clothes. If you had a lot of money, what you do, I would design and put clothes on people and style them up. And she kept thinking that over and over because her job was like kind of being difficult with her. I said, well, that's what you're supposed to be, you know, doing. If you had $6 million, what would you do? She said, oh, I'd love to, you know, be a stylist. So I said, put it out to the universe. This is what I want to do and see what happens. You're in LA. So you're not in right. like Nevada, you know, and there's a lot of, <laughs> you know, Arkansas. Somewhere. So there's a lot of people styling around. So she put it out there. She went to brunch. Her number one favorite stylist was sitting there in the restaurant. Like, what are the chances? And she loved this person. She never saw her before. And she said, well, my God, we were just talking about this at, at work. And this is depression class. And we were just talking about this in my depression class. Let me go out. Let me just go out, out on a limb and ask this woman, hey, can I ask you a question? So she went and asked her a question. She goes, hey, I love your stuff. And I wanted to ask you about what it is to be a stylist. She said, you know what? My uh, date is late. It's going to be like 45. Why don't you sit down? She had lunch with this person. <laughs> she had lunch wow. with one of, I know, one of her favorite stylists. And it was, she said it was very life-changing. And the person kept her on and like kind of, made her a little intern of sorts. It wasn't a lot of money, so she didn't leave her a day job. But it was, she felt so fed doing that work. She's like, I got to figure out how to do it. She ended up leaving the class. I don't know what happened, but she could not believe just putting it out to the universe was um, giving her a response. So as the secrecy and science of P, she found her purpose and she became very passionate about it. And also what your passion is, she's passionate about styling. That's your purpose. So people want to know what is your passion? what is your purpose, whatever, whatever you're passionate about. So then I, the, the universe will talk to you through intuition. That's the language of spirit. And I, it's also very intelligent. What do I mean? The universe is intelligent. Your spirit's intelligent. Your spirit's guiding you to find your higher calling. So if it says, you know, go to this restaurant and you'll meet a designer or, you know, stylist that you want to, that was set up by the synchronistic inside of the universe. Um, the intelligence is that if you trust your spirit, it knows better than you because it brought you here and it's going to take you out at the end of life, you know? So you might as well listen to that intelligence of the spirit. It's the intelligence of the divine of God. So, and it's also intuitive. And anytime you use your intuition, that's the spirit talking to you. So then um, that's I, then R of spelling spirit is renewing and rejuvenating. You got to take care of this, this vehicle, your spirit. So you got to renew it by, you know, taking care of your body, temple, eating healthy, um, you know, walking, being in nature and renewing it by going to spas or baths or smudging yourself, you know, getting good sleep, um, you know, using essential oil. So you got to renew this this um, vehicle, this guiding force with you, this um, um, energy, energy in you, your spirit, you know, so that's important. And then, and also watching the people who you're around, you got to renew it. Cause if you're around people that depress you or stress you out, it's going to affect your ability to tune into truth. So this renewing and rejuvenating is very important for your spirit. So the other eye is the spirit is innovative and it's also very insightful. So it can figure out different things to do, you know, like uh, how you can do this. How can you work four jobs or three jobs and, you know, take care of kids. It just, it just kind of can get very creative. And it's also insightful. The insights from your spirit are more 
powerful than your insights from your own mind because your mind is limited by the projections and the ideas and the boxes that um, society and the 3D puts your mind into. So use your spiritual to be more innovative with things and use that um, insight to create. So that's I, S-P-I-R-I-T. Your spirit, um, S-P, I mean, S-P-I-R-I-T, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, it's truthful. So how do you see your spirit functions? If you meet somebody and it resonates with truth, that's the truth. Or it resonates with, yeah, I need to do that. You got to, and then T, you got to trust it. You got to trust that truth because it came to you through chills, through aha moments, through, you know, hair at the back of your neck standing up. That's your truth. If you say, God, I, if I had a million dollars, I would do this job. That's your truth. Do it. So I, I teach that in mental health and say, this is your, your spirit, your guiding force. You asked about spirituality in, you know, mental health and depression and other stuff. That's if you, I broke it down as an acronym. People are like, wow. I never thought of it that way, that this is an important part because we don't even think about our spirit. So, nope. yeah, yeah, we don't think about it, you know, um, but I just feel like that's important to know that it's a functional part of our soul, the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's something we need to fully understand if we want to grow as an individual. A hundred percent. Yes, we do need to understand it and we need to um I don't want to offend anyone, but I kind of take it out of church because church can be limited. I love church. You know, I grew up in church, whatever, but it can be very limiting. But if you listen to your own inner voice, that inner wisdom, that insight, um, it can also help you on a deep level. Spirituality is man-made um, and religion is, uh, you know, religion is man-made. Spiritual Religion is man-made and spirituality is like your soul's made. Your soul creates it. So I think it's important to listen to that. Um, you know, maybe I need to, you know, walk in the park today. Maybe I need to, you know, uh, take care of animals that were abused. Maybe I need to work with, you know, at-risk youth. You know, that's the kind of messages that people need to listen to. So it's very important that, that we learn it, we unravel it from the traditions. That's why I started studying Buddhism and you know, I would go to a spiritual church that was a universal. Um, I went to spiritual church and then I went to Agape, which is a science of mind church. And and then I, you know, I would go to ashrams. I would do a lot of different things because I said, what is this energy that is inside of us that is so powerful that tells me, no, you don't want to work a nine to five job right now. You want to do freelance. Why don't you write the article today? You know, why don't you? Um, go and you know draw. Why don't you collect some crystals and learn about them and start teaching people about crystals? That's our spirit. That's pushing us to our passion and helping us with our purpose. So I think it's important to kind of you know understand what it is. And that's kind of like what I like to do with my podcast and your podcast is to demystify the spirit and not make it all spooky and scary. It's just it's the part of the energy inside of us that's connected to our heart center. And it's our guiding force. Yeah. yeah, this is very true. Yeah, because every day is not Halloween. We can't be spooked out. So, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And they're just like restless souls that never finish their path here. So that's what we don't want to be. We don't want to be the ghost, you know? No, 
Yeah. No, we don't. We don't want to see uh, empty vessels walking around. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's why I don't like that show, like the Walking Dead. I'm like, oh my god, like why do they have that out there? But, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's like they're just like souls that are stuck. That's that's what it is, you know. And and if you do your purpose, you don't get stuck. You're like, okay, been there, done. I got the T-shirt. I'm moving on. I'm moving up to a higher realm. Yeah, you're not stuck in between the medium of being alive and dead. So exactly, God knows. <laughs> <laughs> so your next question is: Why is understanding energy dynamics important in self care? That's a great question. That's a really good question because I am an energy healer and I do Reiki, I do Theta, I do product healing, and energy is that energy of the universe is that love energy is the energy that creates anything and when you tap into your energy um you will and you understand and honor it when somebody depletes you you'll feel it you'll just feel this drop like you might feel it in your stomach your stomach feels uptight or uncomfortable you might feel it in your third eye like between your brows it just doesn't want to see you get this pressure it's like this person is not up to, you know, they're up to no good. I just could feel it. Um, and you might feel like it in your back or up or down your spine, which is your connection to divine. Like, I just feel oh, like uncomfortable around this person or the situation. You, some people go into restaurants and they say, I don't like this vibe here. And that's a vibration of energy that's being give off vibes or vibrations, the vibratory rate of ions. Um, so when you start listening to it and becoming aware of it, it can really help you get out of bad situations. It can help you make, you know, better choices. You know, I don't know how many people I've worked with that said, you know, hey, I was going to go down the street tonight. And then they find out there was a drive by there or there was something else. going. I just felt the vibe not to go, you know, or there was, um, you know, like their boss was in a bad mood and they didn't want to ask them for a raise. They asked them another week later and it, it happened. So energy dynamics is understanding your energy and the energy that's being admitted, emitted off of other people. And also um, it can help you with, um, you know, making choices. Like if you, uh, like buying a house and you walk into the space and there's, dark resonance in there you feel a heaviness you're like okay this is not the place i want to live and then you find out it's the amityville horror you know you should be there <laughs> like this is not the place i should be so uh, you know being aware of your energy and energy around can really 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 um help you like make choices like i'm sure people use it when they use the stock market but um i smudge myself regularly with sage because that clears the debris from other people. That clears the debris from the stories of clients I talk about. So, and I talk with, and I feel their energy, and I can absorb it. So, smudging yourself is very good for energy dynamics and clearing things. Another is getting vitamin D, being in the sun. Um, that can really upgrade us. It's good for depression. I heard it's good for COVID. It's good for a lot of things. But that's the energy of the sun. That's where our natural energy, like, can really come from. It can you know, create plants and, and um, plants and trees, etc. So that's another thing. Um, and energy dynamics can help you understand when you're too depleted because you haven't taken care of yourself, you know? So 
that can mean that, you know, that this is something that you need to cultivate, you need to take care of, so you can do your higher purpose, your higher calling. So understanding your energy, managing it, being aware of it, um, tuning into it, clearing it, it's all very important with energy dynamics. Yep, this goes back to being in tune with oneself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think meditation is a great way to manage your energy. I teach a lot of meditation classes. I do meditation pretty regularly myself. I've been trying to do it more since I opened up a meditation center in Connecticut. Um, and I teach classes on spirituality. I'm teaching a Reiki class this weekend. Um, and the more people just sit, like when I'm teaching them meditation, a lot of them go into other realms and they feel like I'm here, but I'm not here. And that's good because they're opening up to the spiritual realm. So I think it's important um, that people meditate and sit, just sit, just sit quietly, take a couple of deep breaths and just don't think about the past. Don't think about the future. Focus on the light within your heart or focus on the sun. And that's an, another wonderful way to work with energy dynamics is to meditate. Yeah, I feel like not enough people take the time to just meditate because it slows everything down. We're so used to just getting up mm -hmm. every day, set schedule, hustle and bustle, but we never take time to relax and heal. 100%. Yeah, I say that we're energy, we're uh, human doings instead of humans just being, we're not human beings, we're humans doing. <laughs> we're humans, <laughs> humans hustling, you know? Go, go, go. <laughs> Right, go 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 go. It's like it's so we're not we're not even uplifting up to the name. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. That's the perfect way of putting it too. Right, right. That we're just dang, going, running around. This, this, that. It's like where are you in all this? You know, a lot of us work. I you know work for a major HMO. You work for other people's companies, their companies. You work for their agenda. You know, you work for their energy. You work in their space, so to speak. So you have to listen to their downloads and their um, you know, ideas and pro you know, policies and stuff. But with all that, okay, yeah, it's good. You can pay the bills and stuff, but where are you in that? Where's your policies? Where's your procedures? What is your function? It's, it can be hard. So when I work freelance, it was the best time to really learn who I really was. Yeah. Exactly. You can't forget yourself. You can't do it. Mm -mm. Yeah. If you don't have yourself, you're gone. You're lost. Yep, you'll just be like we've been talking, one of those empty vessels just walking around without a purpose. Yes, and that's the worst feeling, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. So your next topic is, can you tell me about your books? Good, yes. Um, so my first book, Honor Your Spirit, was exactly what I've been talking about, um, is about listening to your spiritual nature. So I was a psychotherapist. And I'm also an intuitive, so I do spiritual readings and I do healings, energetic healings with the divine, with the Holy Spirit. Um, and it was hard to accomplish both because if you're seeing visions and hearing messages in psychotherapy, you consider it psychotic, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to, you know, license and saying, I see this ghost or this being. So I had to say, God, I really love doing this though, and I'm getting clear messages and helping people clearly. But the constraints of the, you know, the training I have is saying, no, you can't do that. It's wrong. So that's where I got, I need to honor my spirit. My spirit says, yes, you got to do this. Yes, you're good at healing. Yes, you're good at giving spiritual messages. So my book is about that. It's like walking your path, trusting your intuition, 
living a fulfilling life. And I talk about the the word spirit and I talk about all the different experiences of working with the universe where I kept asking, God, should I be doing this? God, should I be talking to, you know, like holding these crystals or, you know, is this, is this sacrilegious to do that? Is, you know, is it bad? And more people would come and more people would feel healed and more people would be smudging themselves and, you know, feeling better after they've been depressed for weeks or like the first time I was able to sleep. So I knew that incorporating indigenous healing practices, you know, you know, Egyptian stuff, universal knowledge was important. And that's my book, Honor Your Spirit. It's a good read. And at the end, I asked people, do you want to work for the universe? Because if you work for the universe, you'll always be paid. You know, the retirement, you know, you'll have steady work and the retirement benefits are out of this world. So that's the message I got from God when I worked with the universe. So that's the first book. My second, my, oh, the, then I have a workbook. Um, and I, when I do my intuitive development class, I help people become more intuitive by regular classes and sessions. And what happens is um, the book takes out experiences that I had and says, you know, have you listened to your spirit? Have you got received messages? What signs have you seen? And it has totem animals in there that are signs given by the divine because God creates all the animals to help us on our path. You know, if you see a hawk, that means something. If you see an eagle, that means something. If you see a snail slow down, if you see, you know, rabbit jump to it or a frog, you know, like there's messages. And when they get your attention, God uses everything possible, numbers, animals, and other things. So I talk about that in the book and the, the workbook, how to work with the universe helps you to jot down, like, what are your purpose? What is your passion? What are you here to do? Have you seen a message? Have you seen a sign? And then that goes along with on your spirit. And I use it for my intuitive development class. And the third book is called soul wisdom. And I put all my newsletters because every month I got inspiration since 2006 and I made a little booklet. It's kind of like mindful inspirations day by day. Uh, to help people to think about intuition, dreams, life, you know, purpose, uh, spirituality, all these different things. Um, that's my third book, uh, Soul Wisdom, Living an Intuitive Life, Living an Inspirational Life. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to start writing your own books? It's a good question because I, I, I always I have many, 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 many books and I think I went to one workshop and said, you have a lot of books, you're supposed to write one. And I just love books. I love being around them. I must have been like a caretaker of the Alexandria book in Egypt. Because um, <laughs> I, I love them. And I just feel like they give such knowledge. They can take you to different places. And I've learned a lot through books. So I felt like I wanted to help other people that are struggling. Because again, I, Columbia is expensive. My mother's like, I'm paying a lot of money for you to be there. Do well. I said, well, I'm saying go. She said, okay, that's fine. But how are your grades? You know? So mm-hmm. it's like, um, I think it was important for me to tell my story for others that grab it, get it, read it and help them find their own inner calling. So it does help people find their inner calling and their inner wisdom. Uh, the workbook is more about that. I feel like I'm helping, I'm here to help souls to find their purpose, to walk their path and, you know, to move on, to ascend to higher realms. So any, any way I can help, I, I feel like, honestly, when you ask the question, um, it's, I probably have like a contract. It feels like a contract. Like I had to write a book, you know, I think I have two more in me. Um, and I have this great story from clients that I said, you know, I asked their permission. I said, these need to be told these stories of how spirit helped them, you know, put them on the path and help them fulfill their lives. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you 
have a passion you love to do and you invest in so much time. So a lot of people have a hard time finding what their niche is. So that's true. Yeah. So I really, you know, tell people to, you know, go with the fantasy of if I had $6 million, what would I do? And in LA, I say 10 because LA is so expensive. <laughs> like, you have $10 million. What would you do? And <laughs> what would you do? You know, most people say I buy a house. I say, okay, after all that, what would you do? And then it comes out. So I, I encourage people to kind of like wander with that. And there's people don't forget that there's many millionaires that have only high school degrees, you know? Um, right. And I feel like the divine spark comes through anyone who's open. Um, and I, I feel like your mind is the biggest limitation to your destiny or your abundance. So there's a lot of people that are so focused on something and they're able to do it. And just, I feel like if you if you co-create and pair up with the divine, you'll get the message, you'll get the signs, you'll get this and that, you know, it will flow um, a lot more. You'll just be in sync. You know? That's right. I totally agree with that. Hmm. So, I know you hinted at this earlier. Your next question is, what kind of classes do you teach? Oh, okay. Yeah, I teach um, a lot. This weekend, I'm teaching my fifth session of intuitive development. So I help people to hear, see, know, and um, feel spirit uh, and make it to some people that demystify being intuitive. Um, and we also do automatic writing. We work with universal knowledge. We I teach them how to connect to their spirit guides, different things. And I'm doing another series probably in May. And I have regular meditations on the full moon and then the new moon, helping people to set their intentions and to keep moving with the cycles of the earth. Um, cause that's important. So the new moon, the full moon, and I usually announce them on Instagram. Um, and my, Instagram handle is intuitive solutions. So that's two. And then I'm teaching Reiki, but I also teach Reiki with um, intuition, healing, and that's a hands-on healing modality. I have classes on dreams, auras, finding how to work with the universe, finding your purpose, various classes, all on my website, intuitivesoulhealing.com. So needs to say you're a teacher of many talents. I am. Yes. And the classes are virtual and usually in person, depending on, you know, what's interest, but I'm going to, I've done a couple of zoom classes with my classes here in Connecticut. I just moved back home. So it's cool. Yes. I have a lot of things I could teach. That's awesome. It's good. You can go to anything, anytime. So, mm. so your next question is, what are you going to do with your meditation center? Great question. That's been percolating a lot. I just felt called, you know, by spirit to create it. And it's really, it's a dual purpose. One is to teach classes about what I just mentioned, you know, dreams, et cetera, intuition. But another is to do regular meditations where people can just come and sit. You know, it's not a lot of words, not a lot of teaching, like 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Um, I'm going to set that up. Where I mean, now that COVID is kind of gone because everyone's a little, you know, nervous. I would say paranoid, but a little nervous coming out with COVID. So now mm -hmm. I'm going to get regular classes where 11 a.m. just sit. And I'll, you know, ring my little bell and we'll breathe and we'll just sit. And 
um, have them take a, bring a notebook and write certain things. So that's, um, I want to do regular meditation sets, full moon, new moons, uh, stuff. And also eventually I'll probably have speakers come in and speak about different things if I, you know, develop a community. But, um, I, I really want people to meditation is the greatest way to hear your inner voice, not your parents, not societies, not the world's, and, and they will project limitations on you. But the more and more you get quiet and listen to the divine, listen to the spirit, listen to your guides, listen to your higher self, you start creating what you want to do. And it just needs courage. Sometimes people, it's very hard. So I, like, I'll be there for them to help them understand how universally, metaphysically, uh, spiritually, you can create a higher, more abundant purpose than you had before by just shifting your consciousness. It does take work, but it can be done. I agree. Anything worthwhile, you will put the work in. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. And a lot of times when people are passionate about it, it's almost the work does it on its own. You can't stop doing it. You know? No. <laughs> it just keeps coming and coming and coming. You're just like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm getting all these crystals and I get pairing them up and I'm like making labels and putting them into categories. And, you know, next thing is like four hours later. I'm like, gosh, you're just little rocks. But I feel like the, cond the denseness of the rocks can really help people. I just feel called to do that. Mm -hmm. I often say time goes by so fast, but you're not paying attention when you're in the middle of doing something you love. So it's true. Yes, time flies. Those uh, that's very true. Very true. So at this point in my podcast, I always turn it over to my guests and you can ask me any question that you want. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. why did you start this podcast? <laughs> the number one question I've been asked many times. <laughs> so reason why I started it, um, at first it started as a hobby. Um, my first few guests were just like some of my close friends. We would just talk about life situations in general. And then as time went on, I wanted to expand the podcast and get to know people from all walks of life. I've interviewed people from the Philippines. I've interviewed lawyers, doctors, all over the place. I like to get to know just like topics, I may not know something, so I invite people on I find interesting and just soak up information, like being a student, learning from teachers and stuff like that, and just trying my best to apply it to my daily life. That's wonderful. Yes. So you thought it was a calling on your own, too. Absolutely. Also, I like to listen to a variety of different podcasts, whether it has to do with sports, business, finance. Um, crime, all that stuff. So I'm just a person that likes to soak up information. Yeah, so you like to really learn. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much out there. Yeah, there's so much out there that people can learn and pick up. So I often tell people, don't limit limit yourself. Yeah, because you know what, society will do that for you, so you don't do it. That's what I always say. You know? No, you gotta break those barriers. Absolutely. And I feel like people are doing that more and more and meditation will help and like, you know, listening to shows like yours and other people's and just expand your mind, realize that your mind is very precious. You know, that's why I think people should really honor their inner calling, meditate, journal, converse, you know, that there's a lot of gifts right inside of them that they won't believe. 
that can help change their their lives. That's right. You just gotta look within yourself and try to tap into your hidden talents that you don't know you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and people have to realize the souls when you come to Earth, you're very old. Most souls that come to Earth, it's they're very advanced, and that's what we need to unravel. And that's what I want to unravel is the mysteries that they did in Egypt and different African cultures and that you're a sacred being. Like we're not taught that we're taught other things, but that you have power, more power inside of you. I'm sorry. Should I ask you another question? Go for it. <laughs> oh, go for it. Another question. Um, yeah. What's the best, what's your favorite topic that you like to talk about? Oh man. <laughs> favorite. Whoo, favorite. That's tough. Oh, <laughs> man, because there's so many, man. And like, my topics have expanded now, talking to different people. Whoo, um, just like mainly um, talk about like life, growth, um, seeing somebody um, come from, start from nothing and make their self, um, their lives, make it something. Um, just like success stories, man. Just hearing humble beginnings, like variety of different like topics like that. Just hearing a person's story, their life story. Hmm. So an interviewer. So you like to just that's it's, it's just hearing the story, the soul path. That's why you probably felt connected to Clay, help people find their journey. That's wonderful. Yes. Now, outside of podcasting, my mm-hmm. favorite topics to top talk about. Um, I like to talk about uh, sports, um, video games, anime, because I'm, in, I'm into a lot of different things. Ah, okay. okay. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So you keep yourself yes. busy with a lot of different, keep your mind active. Yep. I'm also, I have a YouTube channel where I react to hip hop music and anime videos. So very busy. Good. What's your favorite hip hop group at this point? Ooh. <laughs> Oh yeah, I um, I'll say my top three. So I like the lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Run DMC. Wow, Run DMC yeah. is like my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I have an older brother who put me on the hip hop when I was a young age. I'm I'm an '80s baby, so I know all about it. Okay, okay. I, and I, then, I didn't expect Run DMC, but go, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I like to expect that. <laughs> <laughs> And then my third one is uh, Wu-Tang. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's more my generation. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Red DMC is not still putting music out there, though. No, not really, man. But, okay. like, I feel like group-wise, they're, like, one of the originators, man. It's, they changed the culture. They really did. Are you from New York? I'm from Jersey. Oh, okay. You're from the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Nope. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And really. number four is NWA. Oh, really? Oh, yes. wow. wow. Straight out of Compton. That's right. Yeah, you feel a lot of that vibe out in LA when I live there. You know, people who grew up around them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty deep. They got a lot of people came out of that group, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. mm-hmm. who's your favorite rap groups? Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I was just thinking about that today. It's funny. It must have like print. You know what I was thinking? It was years ago. I I, I don't know if really Lauren Hill's more hip hop, but I I miss her. She was yeah. so 
But I, I, I realized though, a friend of mine was saying, you know, she didn't write all that music. I didn't realize she got sued but I, I, for not doing producing her all her own music. And then, mm -hmm. anyways, um, I liked her, but um, <laughs> Funky Four plus one more. Let me stop. You know who I looked at? They were great years ago because they would just rap. They were just right. Rap, blah, 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 you know, um, you know who I liked? Um, I could see them. PM Dawn, they're not really hip hop or anything though. But okay. I just like their music, you know, and uh, uh, I can't think of. I I do, you know, I I did like at the time um, um, MC Light. I yes. She was a really good, you know, rapper. You know, I really thought she was on point and there's others but that that's like what comes to mind right now. that's my favorite female rap artist oh really yes yeah, yeah she's amazing she's cool too i met her one time. Cool. when did you meet her oh i don't remember where somewhere la you know it's kind of small so you meet people yeah yeah mm -hmm. um i went to la when i was like 17 18 on just like a three-day vacation with my sister it's, it's a totally different vibe out there like people are more relaxed and everything it's just different from the east coast it's extremely different and you almost see why there was a conflict between the east and the west the rappers it's <sighs> very different it's i mean the, yeah the, the people are different the black people there it's just a different vibe it's, it's there's a bit of a country feel but then there's a, you know people from louisiana and all that but there's also part of that um you know that the hollywood the black people in hollywood and stuff like that and then we're so industrious here work 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 you know where there the year is there is more of a like a laid-back vibe right get things done too in their own way it's just different yeah i totally agree so before we end this pod, um, is there anything more you'd like to promote you have coming up soon, your social media handles, any last messages you'd like to leave the listeners? Oh, sure. Um, my, let's see, intuitive soul solutions hyphen or underscore soul, S-O-U-L-lutions. We listen to your soul, you get solutions. That's on Instagram. And then um, I do have a group, How to Work with the Universe on Facebook. I'm not on there all the time, but it does. But the Instagram is probably the best way to reach me, see what classes are coming up. And I do have, uh, I do teach meditation on Inside Timer and they're by donation. So um, I usually do it Sundays. I'm not gonna do it this Sunday because I'm teaching a class, but you can check me out there too. You can follow me on Insight Timer as a meditation teacher and I talk about spiritual principles. Yeah. And I do give readings. I give, you know, spot on readings and healings, remote healings if people are not in this area and um, counseling. Yeah, that's it. Everybody, please follow this young lady now. <laughs> so I want to say thank you, Miss Carolyn, for accepting my invitation and coming on to this podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Desmond. It was wonderful talking to you. Yeah, this was good. It's a good vibe, right, for Friday night. Yeah. Well, thank you so yes. much. All the best to you. You too. You have a great weekend. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.